0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado.
1: Chase Thomas Podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to course. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it.
0: All right, hello, and welcome back to a Thursday evening edition of the Full Ride on the Chase Thomas podcast. I am the aforementioned Chase Thomas, and I am joined, as I am, twice a week during the college football season, down there in Tequila, Georgia, fellow University of North Georgia alumni, Matt Green. Matt, good evening,
1: sir. How are you? Good evening, sir. Um, gl- Glad to be back. <laughs> how's, uh, how's your Thursday evening going? So, in the interest of full disclosure, I...
0: I ate an entire Little Caesar's pepperoni pizza before we started recording tonight.
1: Wow, that's questionable <laughs> decision making right there.
0: Would it would it surprise you to know, Matt, that I had to take three anti acids uh after eating said gigantic pizza over an hour hour time. Did frame. you go
1: with the uh with just a pizza or did you go with that half pizza, half uh, crazy bread thing they got going on? Uh, I
0: like to go with the old reliable, as I call it, and that is the the classic all pepperoni one. That is what I do.
1: Okay. Damn, it's been a
0: minute since I had some Little Caesars. There's one right down the street from my house, and I just I can't under I can't overstate just how clutch a two thousand calorie pizza meal is for five dollars. Like when you're mm. hungry and you're just like, I don't really want to cook tonight. I don't really want to do anything. You just you mosey on over. And uh, you eat a bunch of pizza, and then you you feel bad after. You have to pop some antacids because
1: you're like, oh, immediate heartburn, not good. Yeah that uh, that five dollar hot and ready. It's uh it's real convenient. It is. It you'll is. Uh, you'll you'll pay for it later. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I actually had an old roommate who um,
0: every Sunday night he would get a large just cheese pepper uh cheese pizza from uh Pizza Hut. And he would get, you know, they do that crust with the cheese inside of it. The string cheese. Stuffed crust. Yeah, stuffed crust. Well, he did that too. And he would eat the entire thing in one sitting. And then I wouldn't see him for an
1: hour and a half. Because guess what that does to your body in one sitting. I used to be all about some stuffed crust. I probably haven't had that in like. Since I was like twelve, shoot, I don't even know. I didn't
0: know adults still did that. there's there yeah. some questionable decision making when you're an adult ordering stuffed crust pizza. I think, <laughs> unfortunately, we cannot enjoy. It's like Shirley Temples. You're you're aged out of that. You we understand they're delicious, but you you cannot. You unfortunately cannot order them anymore. How
1: dare you, sir? I'll 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 drink all the Shirley Temples and all the stuffed crust pizza I want. When was the last Shirley Temple <laughs> you ordered? Social norms. The last shoot, I don't even. I don't even know. Maybe maybe ten years old. Probably before okay. that. All right. So you're just playing devil's advocate here. You're not yeah, actually out I there am. in the streets. <laughs> not actually. Okay. Um.
0: Well, don't forget, folks. You can listen to the Chase Thomas podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and if you are an Apple Podcast listener, make sure to give us five stars and a rating. Um. Go check out chasethomaspodcast dot com. Go check out the Patreon at patreon dot com slash chase thomas writer. Um. What have uh What have you been reading leading up to this week, Matt? Have you been keeping up with uh like everyone getting postponed and uh, Twitter losing their collective mind because the inevitable happened, which was Ohio State was going to bend the rules to find their way into the Big Ten title game. What uh What have you been doing?
1: Yeah, uh, exactly that. Um, how how do you feel about that? Like, I'm I'm finding myself torn on the Ohio State thing because. Like, if, if they were, if they had a different name on their jersey right now, like, we would not be, I firmly believe we would not be treating them this way. Like, everyone wouldn't, everyone wouldn't just accept that, oh, yeah, they're going to be in the Big Ten. They're one of the best two teams in the, in the, in the Big Ten. Why wouldn't they be in the conference championship? It's like, if, they, if their jersey said Wisconsin, I just don't think we would all agree that they're obviously a playoff team. Yeah, go ahead and make some exceptions. Put them in the conference championship. It's just, I don't know, it's just. At this point, I feel like for all intents and purposes, like how we evaluate college football teams, like they are one of the top four. So I'm like, I'm OK with it. It's just like at this point, it's just it's just showing the Ohio, uh, the Big Ten's incompetence. It's just like at every turn, they just they just make the wrong decision or they just make the decision that's just like worse for optics, I guess we should say. Like,
0: yeah, because it's not the wrong decision. And no one's actually upset that Indiana and Northwestern's not happening, which no one wants to see and also exactly we already saw Ohio State beat Indiana like we know that they're better and there's no Michael Penix like there's actually no issue here it's just the fact that like they changed the rules for Ohio State but did you see Callan Coward's like one minute um bit on Twitter about this uh no I didn't I thought it was really good which was Ohio State is bigger than the Big Ten (laughs) and his point is just like some programs are just bigger he's like Mike Tyson's bigger than boxing like Coward loves to extrapolate like that but like I agree with the sentiment that like uh, I'm sorry Minnesota fans but like Ohio State is your brand like the Big Ten needs Ohio State more than Ohio State needs the Big Ten like the Ohio State could just go
1: independent and be perfectly fine like
0: they don't they don't sure, need
1: you I'm sure Coward went on some kind of rant of Ohio State's the Robert De Niro of the Big Ten and <laughs> made some sort of comparison but um, yeah they honestly are it's kind of like Clemson's bigger than the ACC right. at this point, at least in football. Like, it, yeah, I feel like we, it's like, I feel like we just want to, we want to bitch about the idea of this, but mm. at the end of the day, it's like, well, we do need to see Ohio state in the big 10 championship. That's, that's the only way it'll be a legitimate game. Well, it has been a couple of years since we
0: watched Ohio state beat the, the living shit out of Northwestern, the big 10 title game. So it's good that we're going to get part two
1: and, uh, yeah, I think we all yeah, we all need to see Ohio State Northwestern. I think that's what we're all uh penciling in on our calendar. Well, I will be watching it as a Big Ten aficionado, uh, Matt Green. I you know what I would
0: prefer because <laughs> we're not getting Ohio I'll State, Iowa. I want Ohio State, Iowa. That should be the Big Ten title game because Northwestern fans and look, I know Northwestern has a very rabid football fan base, but Iowa's a better football team especially the iowa we've seen over the last couple weeks and we'll see it when we get to the wisconsin game we'll preview tonight but no that's what i want to see Iowa always plays ohio state pretty well like i I would prefer to see that in the big 10 title game and we're not gonna be able to see it
1: yeah i mean today they're probably a better team but you can't uh you can't argue with the results on the field matt green where are
0: we at uh picks wise and then we'll get into some news and notes
1: uh so far picks-wise, you have a uh, 5 game lead on uh, against the spread you're the one making people money out there. Mm. Uh, let me uh let me find my 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 sheet here. Why am I why am I struggling? So you are 54 49 and 1 against the spread to my 49 54 and 1. And then I have a 5 game lead overall 65 and 39 to your 60 and 44. And of course, we got Zeus at one and one on his ah uh, home dogs of the week so far this year. Um,
0: that's good news because there are going to be some disagreements, and you're going to be blown away by a pick I have that I've gone back and forth on a lot in the last few days. So, um, be prepared. Blown uh, like, away? Okay, I'm yeah, excited. Like, no, no, no way. Um, and it's not Vanderbilt over uh, Tennessee. Um. Let's get into some news. So we have Ohio State bidding the rules. We already got into that. LSU, the the slide continues, losing players to opt-outs and transfers. Tennessee's dealing with the same thing right now. Um, a four-star tight end decommitted today. Um, LSU, one-year bull ban. Very brave of them to not accept the bull bid during a pandemic. So it's good that they took the uh, the hard route by not taking a invite when they are two and they'll finish what two and six
1: so uh yeah they're, shout three, out they're, to... three, and, they're three and five right now okay, so, so three and six yeah probably three and six it doesn't look like that uh it that old Miss they are supposed to play old Miss still so could be three and seven I feel like I'm just I'm questioning even if the Florida LSU game is gonna happen this week like if we're gonna get like a last minute cancellation I feel like that's what we're so used to now in this in this 2020 season but yeah, I feel like this is just like the the weakest move I, I've heard ever. It's like we're not going to a bowl game. Well, yeah, your team's terrible, yeah. <laughs> and a normal they wouldn't even get an invite. In a related story, me and Chase Thomas have both taken our name out of the consideration for the Heisman Trophy. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's a it's a whole lot of nothing with everything LSU has going on. Might as well, you know, try to get out in front of it because. There's just some things that aren't looking very good for uh, for Ed Ordron and that are happening with that program. And they, like you said, Eric Gilbert, uh, the big time five star tight end, uh, freshman has opted out, and he says he's homesick. And there's rumors of more players uh, opting out, so it's crazy. Like as as much as we talked, as much as we talked about LSU regressing this year before the season started, like I don't think anyone could have predicted like just all the things within the program that are just, you know, just unraveling. It's, it's unreal. Like this is
0: even worse than the Gene Chizik stuff. Like the Gene Chizik stuff, they just got stale really quickly. Yeah. He's
1: just not a very good football coach. It's like, that was pretty much the end of it.
0: Ordron's way more complicated. And I don't know, man, like it's, I I really, like I was pushing back early this season when you were in on the, Ed Ordron it's in trouble situation. And I was like, eh, that dude's going to get a couple of years. Like, he'll be fine. And then you're like,
1: oh, he might not. And this fan base, I, I don't this
0: know. This is like, literally the
1: only thing that could have happened to, to not give him a couple of years, you know? Yes.
0: And it's bad, bad. Like, they're going downhill very quickly. Um, it doesn't help that the rest of the West is moving up. So I think this is going to be part of the issue with him is that, like, Auburn is still surviving. Texas A&M has now surpassed them as a better, I guess, more stable program. Like I believe in A and recruiting and long term trajectory more than uh, LSU at this point. You have Mississippi State moving in the right direction. You have Ole Miss obviously moving in the right direction. My Mississippi State,
1: uh, I think the jury's still out. Obviously, now they got State. Will Rogers, sir. That dude. They is, do have Will Rogers. He's looked he's like decent, but I he's think gonna be like a seven-year starter is there. Mike Leach dealing with his own attrition as well. Well,
0: I, did you see that? Like that's just commonplace. Like, have you seen like what happens in year one wherever he goes? Like, you see this mass exodus and then he gets his guys so and that's valid for sure i would not be surprised if mississippi state's fine in two years um the college football playoff rankings pat 40 had a really good piece about this today in si um i don't know if you had a chance to look at but talking about cincinnati and just where their spot was in the playoff rankings and you're like yeah this group of five school is never like louisiana and cincinnati are behind iowa state in these rankings and that stood out to everybody and it's a joke because iowa state lost by three scores to louisiana at home and yet louisiana finds himself behind uh iowa state cincinnati obviously being behind iowa state i i don't know man this is uh it sets a bad precedent because it as 40 argues in his piece that the games don't matter like what is the point of louisiana playing iowa state if when they beat them, they don't garner any more respect because the committee's like, that was cute, but uh, we still prefer Iowa State. And it's like, well, then what's the point of us playing if you're going to disregard the actual on-the-field result? So I I feel really bad for Billy Napier's crew. I feel bad for Luke Fickle. And this is why, something I pushed, group of five, do your own playoff. Let's do this. Stop the charade. You're never getting in there. It's
1: never happening. Yeah, and Iowa State specifically it's just kind of strange like i guess you understand when this narrative happens with certain teams it's like oh well they have a tougher schedule they got more good wins on the schedule it's like iowa state i mean they yeah they beat oklahoma but losses to oklahoma state and like you said louisiana like this is why like too much uh transparency is almost a bad thing it's it's like, Cincinnati, Like, what did Iowa State do last week to tell everyone they're better than Cincinnati? Like, blowing out West Virginia? Oh, blowing out West Virginia, that changes everything. You're a top seven team now. It's like, okay, West Virginia's not very good. That's just such a weird rationale to put Ohio State, Iowa State ahead of Cincinnati and Georgia, for that matter, because they jumped both of them this week. Mm. It's like, just in one week, I don't know, it's just a very strange rationale. Cincinnati, it's like their game gets canceled. It's like, no, you're number eight now. It's... It's just strange, but yeah, I think it's the point of the games not mattering. I feel like that's where we're we're like kind of teetering on that, and this is why I think so many people have the issue with Ohio State because okay we we feel like we know how good they are quote unquote, but is is' an, is a nine and one a and m team granted, they might only get nine games in they might only finish eight and one. Is like, is, is is that not mean anything that you only played five games? Like now Ohio State, if they get in the Big Ten Championship or they're going to get in the Big Ten Championship and play Northwestern, it's like, oh, now now winning the Big Ten and beating Northwestern is now enough to justify you being top four? Like I'm confused at, at just everything that's going on because Texas A&M's win over Florida while, you know, say what you want about how Ohio State's looked versus how Texas A&M's looked. But that win over Florida is just so much better than anything Ohio State has done this season. Like, do I, like, gun to my head, do I think Texas A&M beats Ohio State on a neutral field? Like, I don't know. I probably would pick Ohio State, but it's just such a slippery slope of just when, when do the games matter, when do they not? You know, it's because we have our opinions, but our opinions can only go so far. We have to, we have to pay attention to what actually happens on the field. I agree. And I do think it's a slippery
0: slope that we're finding ourselves on. And I just think it sets a bad precedent for a group of five teams who actually have the balls to go out and play um, Iowa State on the road to open their season and then actually win and then get nothing out of it. So it's like, yes, they get money for playing these games, but like, what is what is the point if they're not going to garner more respect because you have your own opinions and you're like well if they play that game 100 times iowa state wins 80 it's like well sure but like you at some point have to look at what happened this particular season and the actual result not what you think is the theoretical result if these teams if you extrapolate it out into 100 times like i think that's a issue uh going forward so i just i feel bad and i i don't know if it gets better, maybe if you expand to eight, they they include one of those teams. Is that the best case scenario? Is
1: you just get one group of five at large bid? Maybe that could be. I think probably you probably don't even really have to do anything to change it up. You know, it's probably just like don't even put that in there because there's some years that they're not going to be deserving. But it's like it's almost like we have the ability to tinker with this all sudden. You know, it's like once the top four, it's like that's why it's nice to have a committee. Because it's like, oh, we get to five and four, it's like, uh, I don't know who he thinks better, but they won their conference championship, let's put them in, you know? It's like, if, if there's a group of five, you know, team right there around nine or ten, it's like, depending on the other teams in the playoff that year, whether that's the right way to do it or not, you could probably justify, like, oh, give that group of five a team a shot this year, but then the next year, maybe there aren't any deserving candidates, so you don't want to just... Throw a team in there every year when it, when maybe it's once every three or four years that there's one that's actually worthy, like a UCF or a this year a Cincinnati and shoot, maybe even coastal Carolina. It's, um, it's important
0: to also note here. And this is not to, after going to bat for the group of five schools, the one, the one thing I will say in terms of just throwing some, some water over their heads is just that they don't have the blue chippers. To run the table in the playoff, like Cincinnati's not getting through a Clemson Ohio State gauntlet, like it's it's just not happening. So there is a ceiling, but at the same time, do they deserve like that spot there? They deserve the opportunity to get uh run off the field by one of those Power
1: Five juggernauts. Like I think for they, sure, because it's like that. right, yeah, it's like what if you put Miami in there instead of Cincinnati? It's like they're going to get run off the field by Alabama anyway. So right. it's like. Give, give that team a shot at least at least Miami had a had a normal shot and a normal yes. road to get to the to get to the playoff to get to the ACC championship and everything it's like you know George Mason didn't have the any of the players to beat all those teams they beat and they I don't know who they beat that year at like North Carolina Michigan State like UConn and stuff to get to the final four it's like no they most likely Cincinnati doesn't have the players to beat Alabama and Clemson but like I feel like we're depriving ourselves of like some some potential Cinderella stories, you know. Like who knows? Like most years, yeah, they're not going to beat them, but you know, the more teams you get in the playoff, like the crazier things that can happen, and like the more we're all talking about college football. Yeah. All right. Well, are you ready to get in to our uh, our
0: games this weekend, Matt?
1: Yeah. Let's uh. Let's get it started. Where are we going first? So uh, first, we're starting it off in the SEC with uh, with my squad, Georgia Bulldogs, mm. thirteen point favorite on the road at Missouri. The Missouri Tigers have never beaten Georgia in Columbia, Missouri. If you are, that's uh, a fun fact for you, since they joined the SEC in 2012. So I also have another fact: Georgia has not scored forty points in back to back games since September of 2019. Mm. And they did that versus Murray State and Arkansas State. So it doesn't really count. Exactly. So essentially, uh... I probably should have gone back further to see (laughs) when they've actually done it against uh, two SEC teams. But I think you're going to see Georgia score some points on Saturday. I think you got got JT Daniels. This offense is starting to look better. Um, I think the most encouraging thing about Georgia is, you know, you see what's going on with LSU. Obviously, Georgia's having a much better season than LSU, but when you're one of these teams that has certain expectations and the season just does not go as planned, you do start to see all these guys opt out and, you know, he's preparing for the draft and whatnot. You haven't seen that with Georgia. And I feel like that's an encouraging thing just from like a, a culture standpoint. Like Jordan Davis is a big time junior defensive tackle who's missed, I think the last three or four games with an injury and A lot of people think he's going to go pro, and and it sounds like Jordan Davis is going to come back and be healthy and play in this game. So I think that says a lot. And you know, Richard LeCount I think isn't is still not healthy, but they talk about him. He's trying to come back and play one more game for Georgia. So I feel like that's an encouraging sign for Georgia that they just they had the 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 mental aspect of it is still there for the team. So I think I think they take care of business, and um and I I think they score over forty. I think Mizzou might. They might get into the 20s, but I think you're not going to see Larry Roundtree running the ball and just Missouri having as much success running the ball with Jordan Davis back in the lineup. Well, that's going to decide the game
0: because I have a little nugget for you, Matt Green. Yes, sir. And the Tigers, five wins this season. Roundtree has averaged 138 rushing yards per game, and in their three losses, he is averaging just 62.
1: Yeah, there you go. So maybe maybe they'll he you know he's a great player and so maybe they'll uh take a page out of Florida's book Georgia can't guard the, the running back wheel route so maybe they'll hit him hit him with there but uh I think well, they're gonna they use Georgia... that
0: because Missouri does not go downfield as someone who watched the Tennessee Mizzou game and has watched a little bit of Mizzou this year like they are the Gus on offense like they do a lot of zigzags and stuff like that and Georgia just beat a better Mizzou in Auburn earlier this year but like it's not a lot of downfield stuff. It's a lot of dinking and dunking. It's a lot of quick slants. It's a lot of stuff like that. Wheel routes, dump offs, check downs, things like that. That's the reason Connor Basilek has connected on seventy percent of his passes. And he's setting a school record for passing yards by a freshman. Um, he has t- over two thousand yards. So he'll finish well over two thousand this season. So it it's a very uh it's an offense that helps guys like Basilek uh move along very quickly, but um yeah, you will get very frustrated watching the dinking and dunking. I will tell you that.
1: Yeah, I think I think Missouri will definitely score some points, but I think I like, I think I feel confident that Georgia is going to uh, going to win this one by two touchdowns. Did Did you give a pick on this one? Are you going Missouri? Oh, Matt Green, I'm going Missouri. Oh, the home dog. I they see are my it. home dog of the week.
0: Missouri's good, and I don't. No, if I believe like this has all the makings of a letdown spot Georgia has nothing to play for at this point they are playing for nothing JT people are riding high they struggle with Mis- uh, with Mississippi State they've they struggled did. with some teams that they should not struggle with and I am not all the way convinced they're going to get up for this game I am not all the way convinced that Georgia is really thrilled about finishing their year at Missouri I could see a situation like texas where they don't get up for it and this is missouri's like this is missouri's national championship and i i am going to go mizzou i think this so be, is going to be a forgettable loss for georgia next year but we're gonna be like remember when mizzou just beat georgia like 45 38 and wow so to
1: be clear yeah so you're actually picking missouri to get the win yeah no i, I think right, they're winning straight up okay yeah. i and that's i think what you're saying i kind of agree with that narrative. And that's why I think the Jordan Davis thing is so big because I think that speaks to the mentality that this team isn't just like just counting the days to 2021, you know, just wait until next season. I think with with JT Daniels, you know, it's like every rep is, is important at this point. Georgia expects to be a national champion contender coming into 2021. And I think that finishing strong and showing that the offense has some you know, some chemistry, I think that goes a long way in, in, in those expectations. So, so uh, that's an interesting pick, but uh, we'll, we'll keep it moving. Uh, this is, well, the second game we were supposed to do, and I'm, I'm honest, I'm a little bummed because I was going to go with the home dog, West Virginia, 14-point mm. uh, underdog to Oklahoma, because West Virginia just plays differently in Morgantown, but uh, that one was canceled, unfortunately. I think I think Oklahoma may have dodged a bullet uh not traveling to West Virginia, but keep it moving. Your your guys out in the Pac 12. Colorado going for the undefeated season. They are a one and a half point favorite over Utah. Utah's won three straight in this series, but uh so far Utah's offense has been pretty non-existent. Colorado's the best rushing team in the Pac 12, second uh, in total offense in the Pac-12. I like Colorado in this one. <sighs>
0: I think Colorado is going to get screwed in the Pac-12 title game, right? Like they should be able to get in, but they're not going to play enough or something. Isn't that? Isn't there some well, weird yeah. stuff?
1: Yeah, because USC is undefeated. Yeah, and they're in the same side, right? Yes, and they're not going to play each other. I don't. Right. I don't understand how you just didn't at least play all the division opponents. Like, right. I'm confused by that. But yeah, I guess I know in some conferences. I remember years ago. Uh, when it was what was that two thousand eight when Oklahoma, Texas Tech, and Texas were all three eleven and one or something, they went mm-hmm. with like the BCS rankings to determine who went to the conference championship that year. I don't know if that's how they how the Pac twelve is deciding it too, Just uh whoever's ranked higher gets to go because that's USC because of the the national brand they are. But yeah, it's unfortunate. It's like they're. I wonder if the Pac twelve will just. It's like, oh, shoot, the Big Ten's changing the rules. Let's change it up, too. Just because those those should be the two teams playing for the Pac-12 championship.
0: Yeah, Um, I think this game will be decided by the Jack uh, Jarek Broussard versus Ty Jordan matchup. Ty Jordan broke out for Utah last week. Uh, Jack Broussard has just been a revelation. Jarek Broussard has been a revelation um, for Colorado this season. I I don't know. It's Jake Bentley going to be under center again for Utah. Utah's had a really weird year, obviously. Um, <sighs> this is tough. This is really tough. I don't ever want to bet on Jake Bentley. Ever. Don't like betting on Jake Bentley. But I think Utah's still better. I think there is there is some eh. I don't know about Colorado yet. I, I don't I don't know. There's been a fun story, but I think Ty Jordan really broke out last week. I think they're figuring some some stuff out on offense, and I like Kyle Winningham to get back to 500 here because they're
1: what one and two, <laughs> one and two
0: <laughs> get back to 500. These records when we look back next year are going to be preposterous. But anyway, yeah, give me Utah to win, and uh,
1: obviously, uh, give me give me the points. All right, now uh, going to the American Conference. Memphis hosting Houston. Memphis is a five-point dog at home. And is there something I'm missing about this game? Like, why why is Houston favored?
0: Uh, Houston's offense is legitimately good, and Memphis's defense is legitimately awful. I think this is a terrible matchup. Did you do you remember what Cincinnati did to this Memphis defense? I do, but that's
1: Cincinnati's doing that to everyone in this conference. But I
0: think Houston is the same way. And you saw UCF do this. Like, I think Memphis is just this is a bad year for them. Give me Houston two winning cover.
1: Okay. I'm um I'm going with Memphis. I think the this is Zeus's home dog of the week, is it? He's uh he's confident in the tigers. Oh, uh, can I put up Zeus with
0: Memphis? Like there, you if we do this, if we do Zeus and then Memphis, like on the on the piece of paper, we I, you have to have a video with Yo Gotti playing in the background. That is a requirement. Or Juicy J, you have to have one of the two.
1: I uh, see. I'm more of a three six mafia kind of guy. Okay, so that, I I, that I could too. go with some Juicy J or some or some Project Pat. You know? Yes, I'm, but, I'm okay uh, with all of that. But, um, you know, I can't guarantee uh, how much Zeus will be up for it. You know, he uh, he had some sedation earlier today. So he's still uh, he's still feeling a little sleepy. You know, see if we can get him. Uh, see if well, we can all you get gotta him do that. Good- if he's,
0: he's snoozing, just don't wake him up. Just place the piece of paper in front of him while he's
1: taking a nap. That's a valid point. He uh, might, might be the easiest of all this week. But yeah, right, we got well, some positive x-ray results, though, for those people worrying okay, about good. You know, it was, it was good. We're worried about his hips a little bit. The doctor said he has great hips, you know, so. <laughs> Still play some corner with those uh, great hips he's got. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll keep it moving. This is the uh, the Chase Thomas game of the week. Mm. The, the, dilemma, the Chase Thomas dilemma game of the week. Wisconsin at Iowa. Iowa is a one-point dog at home. Oh, uh, lock it with? up lock it up spencer pitchers
0: has figured stuff out with iowa um i don't know if you saw last week against illinois i was running a shit ton of wildcat now and i am here for it and goodson you know north gwinnett boyd goodson that Ooh, we whoop. learned earlier this week um Iowa's figured stuff out that offense is really good kirk Ferrand's son has really figured out some stuff they have they're making it work still some staggering stuff but like they were down two scores in the road Illinois and they bounced back and they're just I think they're gonna score too much this Wisconsin offense unfortunately just has a lot of problems and I don't think they're gonna resolve it this year so um give me Iowa to win and give me the points go
1: Hawkeyes I'll be honest this was Zeus's first choice of home dog of the week but Zeus, this is a one point this is a one point spread that isn't you got to do more than that. One point, that's basically a pick them, you know? So that's why I made him go with the Memphis one. So, uh, yeah, I agree with everything you said. Um, I'm going Iowa as well. And then I think this is probably the best game of the week. Uh, you know, army Navy obviously is hyped up for other reasons, but North Carolina is a three point dog on the road to Miami. What are your thoughts about this one? What was the spread on this one again? North Carolina is a three, p- yeah, Miami's a three-point favorite at home. That feels right, because I think this is a pick and
0: you probably lean towards the home team here. Because I've said on this podcast that they're basically the same team. Sam Howell, Derek King do everything for both of their squads. They are the the epicenter. They are the engine that keeps this thing moving. And they're both awesome. Like They both have had, like, they're not Heisman quarterbacks. They're not Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. But, like, they're amazing 1B quarterbacks in this this league and i think this is going to be insanely high scoring i think north carolina is going to get up early M- miami just plays weird early on it seems like this season and they like getting behind i think mac i, I think Derek king likes um playing from behind but i <laughs> i don't know like the canes have gave have given up 550 yards to clemson over 500 to louisville and then over 400 to NC State, and they won two of those three games. So their defense can get shredded by uh, by this group and still win. I just, I think UNC's better. I really do. So I think I'm going UNC here. To win. I have too many upsets. I don't like this.
1: Yeah, I feel like every year, just kind of however the polls kind of work, it's like there's always just one or two teams that kind of work their way up in the polls that no one really feels like is that good? That's who I think Miami is. Like they're that team that's just kind of winning their games, but they're not beating anybody that's any good. Like th- who's their best win this year? Like NC State? Like yeah, that's fine. Like they they beat Louisville when Louisville was ranked, but Louisville is what 3 and 7 now. Like I just don't think this Miami team's very good and I think this North Carolina offense is much more dangerous. Like on top of Sam Howell and this passing attack, you got Almost two thousand yard rushers on this team. I feel like they're just a much more balanced offense, and I think I think North Carolina gives Miami like the the justified record they should have. Like Miami, this, this is a two loss team. Like they're not they're not the kind of team that goes nine and one or whatever that that would put their record at. Like I just don't. I'm not buying Miami. I think North Carolina wins this one, maybe not easily, but I feel like I could see them winning it by two scores. I think this game's going to have
0: a preposterous ending would be my guess. I think this ending's going to be bonkers like a missed field goal by Miami late or something like that. I think there's going to be some really crazy stuff, really crazy fireworks to
1: wrap this game up would be my guess. All right. That's a, it's uh, a vague, bold prediction there, but we'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> so in this next one, I'm going to, I'm going to go to our, to our PAC 12 expert here. And, and, mm. and that, that would be you. Oregon is a six point home favorite against Washington what are your thoughts about this one are we sure this game's happening um I don't know as of right Washington now it had is, some right? more
0: positive tests I saw
1: oh uh, man it, honestly at this point who knows um I think Washington's better under normal circumstances I
0: have not liked what I've seen out of Oregon's quarterback play um I give me Washington but I don't Give me Washington to win and cover, but I don't feel great about it because I don't know if this game's happening.
1: Yeah, Oregon's coming off back-to-back losses, and I just I just don't see them losing three in a row. That's that's what I'm basing this off. I think Mario Cristobal gets it done, finds a way to right the ship, get a 4-2 a and two season. Is that how many games they've played? I like Dylan Morris. I don't know if you watched much of him this year, but Dylan Morris has been good. I like him. All right, so we're on the record there. And then uh, Georgia Southern, they have two consecutive wins over Appalachian State. They're going to try to make it a third in Statesboro on Saturday. They are a nine-and-a-half-point home dog to the Mountaineers. What are your thoughts about this one?
0: Southern's undefeated in the conference, right?
1: Um, Keep going. I'll find that information out for you. I'm pretty
0: sure they are um the Mountaineers really tough ending of their season they've been Zach Thomas has been hit around like they've it's been a tough transition year for them and I I don't know I think give me the Mountaineers but I think Southern covers I think this will be the Southern's lone Sunbelt loss but I think this will be very close and I think it would not at all surprise me if Southern actually just won this game but uh give me the Mountaineers to win but Southern to
1: cover Southern is four and three in the conference this year. No, are they
0: four and three in the conference?
1: Yeah, they're seven and four overall. They lost uh, at Louisiana by two. Uh, okay. at Coastal Carolina by fourteen, and then uh, at Georgia State. Georgia State is that a Sun Belt game? Are they maybe the they're Belt?
0: undefeated at home? Maybe is that what I saw? That might be it.
1: Uh, I think that is the stat. Yeah, they are one. Great radio right here. This one, a- two, three, four, five, six and zero at home. So okay, that's what it year. is. Yeah, they're undefeated at home. Okay. Yeah, I was. Um, I'm just like you. I think. Uh, I think Georgia Southern keeps this one close. Um, just because all of their losses this year have been really close games, but I think App State. Uh, I think App State pulls it out. Hmm. And then going back to the Pac-12, Los An- the Lo- Battle of Los Angeles. UCLA is a two-and-a-half-point home dog to USC. USC going for the perfect season. <laughs> what do you uh, what do you think about this one? Say the line one more time. Two-and-a-half points. Uh, U- USC is favored by two-and-a-half. Okay, I thought you said UCLA. I was like, I was confused for a second. Um,
0: yeah, they have no idea what to do this game. Um, Graham Harrell's getting some Utah State coaching buzz. Yeah. Um, with that opening so there's some concern there i still think keaton's is hurt uh ucla has been sneaky good they are have been sneaky competent um lost their quarterback to covid briefly but i like chip kelly's group here i think uh ucla wins this i do
1: okay we got a lot of disagreements so far this week i'm, I'm emptying a... the clip to make sure
0: i can win I, I gotta i gotta really go all out to ensure that i win um as we wrap up the season man
1: yeah i'm going um i'm gonna go with usc on this one i think they uh they finished the season a perfect five and zero, and they uh begrudgingly keep clay helton around for another year and then uh keeping it going we got the most difficult team to figure out in college football in my opinion the virginia tech Hokies they are a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home in the Commonwealth Cup versus Virginia. What are your thoughts on this one? I'll wrap it up. Virginia's winning this, too. Taking Virginia.
0: Jason Fuente. Maybe on the way out. I, I, do not, I do not like where Virginia Tech is headed. I think uh, I love Hinden Hooker. I think this offense is really good with him and Herbert. Um, do we have a Khalil Herbert status update?
1: Um, I thought he was playing last that I had heard. Okay, because
0: he's been banged I... up all year, and he is a difference maker for them. Um, he'll be in the Senior Bowl, and so it looks like he will... Yes, he will play, so... Um, I don't know. I think uh, I think Virginia building on some stuff lately. Like, like, give me Virginia. Bronco Mendenhall lifer right here.
1: Well, you know my... Uh... My my cliche about the ACC, Mm, they're all the same. As as soon as you think you know what a team is, they they just bounce back on you. Virginia Tech, they finally they like they've lost what four straight, five of their last six games. So now it's finally feeling like okay, Virginia Tech's just not a very good team. And then that is now is this this is the week they come back and get the win. I don't know if you're aware, before last year. Virginia Tech had won 15 straight in this rivalry. Yeah. 15 straight (laughs) in an in-state rivalry is kind of insane. Uh, Virginia spoiled that last year, so now they're on a one-game streak of their own. I think Virginia Tech gets back in the win column and uh, wins it this year. And our final game, Army-Navy. Army Army is a seven-point home favorite in this game. Do you know... But this game is being played on Army's campus. Are you aware of that? Yes. The last, do you know the last game that was Army Navy game that was played at Army's campus? I do not. 1943. Mm. So uh, during World War II. So usually it's in Philadelphia. Sometimes Baltimore. I think they they played in the Meadowlands a couple times, but uh, I think Army is a better team. This is one of the few that the spread was kind of like difficult for me because I, I feel like Army is the better team but a seven point spread I'm like ah, I, I don't even know how these two teams play so I uh, I'm I'm going to take Army and uh, maybe they can win it by eight
0: I'm taking Army too. Their only two losses this year um, were to a good Tulane team and obviously Cincinnati. Navy their defense has not been very good. The offense has sputtered um really bad year for them. Um it's kinda weird that this is not the finale for this season for them because I think Army plays Air Force next week. Do I have that correct?
1: Oh, I honestly didn't even realize that. Yeah, I think one of them still plays Air Force
0: next week. But um yeah, I I think Army's just been legitimately good and uh Navy's just having the bad year. And because I said all that, Navy's just gonna come out and win this game handedly. But uh Jeff Monkin getting some uh some South Carolina buzz, their president's uh by all reports, wanted Monken early on in the process, so there was some disagreement there. Um, I don't know. I I would not be surprised if this game went either way, but um, give me Army.
1: All right, and yeah, you are right. They do play Air Force next week. Honestly, that's how they should probably finish every season. Like have all these teams just play each other, the the service academies. But uh, but yeah, that is it for our pickum. So will right. we'll lock those in and uh and see how we do. Well, there's some other or, or, games I want to mention quickly. Okay. Are we, are we gonna are we gonna keep the pick'em going into next week? Or is this gonna be the last one to determine the standings? Uh so this will be the last for the regular
0: season and then we gotta when will we know the bowls? No, we're gonna do pick up next week too, because we have the championship games.
1: That's true. We might as well include the championship games and mm. the bowls. Who cares? Well the bowls will
0: be different. Like the bowls are extra. So the Fair Bulls, enough. like once that we have a different what I what I want to do for the Bulls is actually just have all that out and um, just do a big pick them and just do a big bowl preview show and then uh, do that. Sounds good. All well, right. Uh, what other games are you interested in this week? Well, you forgot because you really just hate the Big Ten, Matt Green, um, Illinois versus Northwestern. And uh, people are mm. Illinois as a state has been gearing up for this game. The, the Pat Fitzgerald versus uh Lovey Smith battle where Pat Fitzgerald is going to seek Lovey Smith's advice um, of how to coach the Chicago bears um, potentially going into next year. So that is something to look out for. Chase Brown shares a great name with myself. Um, it's fifth in the big 10 rushing yards at 440. They're back up Mike Epstein. Oh yeah. He's averaging 6.1 yards per attempt, 338 yards total. Um, they were very competent ground attack. I'm interested to see how Northwestern um, counteracts that. I, by all accounts, Northwestern should win this game. But let down look ahead spot because they're already in the Big Ten title game. This game doesn't matter to them. They they can lose this and it does not affect their date with the Buckeyes next week. Um, Bama, Man, Arkansas. What, do you,
1: mm. what do you think the Big Ten is thinking watching this game though? They're praying that Northwestern takes care of business and beats Illinois. Like if, if Northwestern comes in, what would they be five and two? With They might not even be ranked. If they lost this game, Like ranked like 23rd or something like that's just going to make the big 10 championship look even worse. Yeah, that's true.
0: Uh, Bama, Arkansas, Felipe Franks might not play in this game. It seems like, um, they have a three game losing streak after their hot start. Um, Would you like to guess how many yards they've given up their last three games? Arkansas.
1: Arkansas. I'm going to say, um, they got Florida. Is that one of the last three? Yes. Okay. I would say 1,500
0: yards. Yeah. Over 1,500 yards in three games. Wow. This defense that we were praising, Barry Odom's defense, it's getting torched. And now they got Bama as their last game. Just brutal. Just brutal yeah nice little cherry
1: on top of this season <laughs> yeah, like this is just an awful coastal that, and coastal carolina did not make our pick and, them the three and seven season is like still a decent season for arkansas like that's how low they've set the bar for themselves as a program
0: yeah um a couple other quick games coastal carolina versus troy coastal trying to keep their undefeated season because this is gonna be sneaky interesting because troy is good chip lindsey and uh they're back on track. McCall has quietly thrown for 1,800 yards, 20 touchdowns, and only one pick. 67.2% completion percentage, and he's averaging 9.7 yards per attempt. He's not getting any Heisman buzz, but Coastal Carolina, just doing all the little things. I like McCall, and I'm interested to see how this game goes. They should be on Marshall watch. Like That's what this game reminds me of. Marshall Rice. Don't pull a Marshall Coastal this Don't weekend. Don't pull do not a do Marshall. It. Don't do it. Um, BYU versus San Diego State the comeback game for BYU. This is San Diego State. I was reading um, a newspaper piece on this. I think it was the San Diego News Tribune about this, where San Diego State looks at BYU as their biggest rival, and BYU's like, no, we, that's that's Utah for us. We don't really think about you at all. It's like that Mad Men Ginsburg thing where it's like, uh, where it's like, I don't even think about you at all. Um, that's what it reminds me of when I was reading this piece. Um, San Diego State has only won twice in 18 trips to Provo. So, uh, something to monitor there as Zach Wilson and company try to get back after losing a heartbreaker to uh, the Coastal Carolina Chanticleer. So, I'm interested in that game because San Diego State's pretty fun. And Brady Hoke got that program humming along. Um, last one, we have to talk about Tennessee. Vanderbilt. I don't want to talk about it, but we have to. <laughs> as a Tennessee person, I have to talk about them briefly. Um lot riding on this game the over under is 50 and a half which just blows my mind like neither of these teams are going to account for 50 like i i don't see 25 a piece here that seems preposterous but um tennessee's favored by way too much in this game. i feel like
1: everyone's scoring points against vanderbilt though i could easily see hold on have you seen tennessee's offense (laughs) i've seen south carolina's offense and they they score points on vanderbilt i i don't know I, I just – this is going to be a
0: weird one. I don't – I don't like it. I don't like that I'm going to watch this tomorrow afternoon. <sighs> it's It scares me because this game might be the last game of the season because I don't know if Texas A&M will happen next week. Um, but if it does, then you're ending on a sour note. But if you end here, then maybe there's some positivity. Like Tennessee's going bowling. Like the Music City Bowl seems the most likely uh, scenario here. We might get Tennessee-Wisconsin it looks like. Um which oh oh you wanna see some bad offenses, folks. Watch Tennessee, <laughs> Wisconsin on New Year's Day. Um I don't know. I think this is gonna be fascinating because I think Vanderbilt is gonna start a true freshman. They have a lot of COVID issues themselves. They're undergoing a coaching search, they don't have Mason, they have nothing to lose. I'm always scared of the nothing to lose team here. And I it's gonna be Harrison Bailey, it's gonna be JT shroud it's gonna be a bad defense at Vanderbilt, but like If Eric Gray does not go off for 200 plus, I I'm just gonna be furious. Like this is the ultimate just go be Alvin Kamara 2.0. And I don't know if they'll do it, but we shall see.
1: Yeah, I think Vanderbilt's gonna give up some points for sure. If uh... Tennessee
0: loses, Pruitt's out. Like that is full stop. It's over. Like that is how Butch Jones got fired. He lost to Vanderbilt, and
1: that was it. Like if you lose to Vanderbilt, Tennessee, you're gone it is fair though it's like you have no business losing to vanderbilt it's like the the years that james franklin was there it's like the only time it was like not a fireable offense to lose to vanderbilt
0: <laughs> yeah it's a it really is a fireable offense like everything else is like oh maybe but if you lose to Vanderbilt, it's over like it's
1: absolutely yeah, i mean that over. drops them to two and seven and if they play tex a&m you'd obviously assume two and eight that's just nothing like we were expecting from tennessee coming into the year with how they finished so strong last year Yeah, it's just it's going to be tough, though. It's like if you fire Pruitt, I don't know. Now, Tennessee, they're just they risk becoming a program that a a coach just doesn't even want to go to. You know, maybe, you know, maybe it just takes an individual personality and a guy's like, look, those guys aren't me. I can come in. Tennessee's got the infrastructure. They got the ability to be a big time program. But it's like, I mean, how many coaches are we on now since Phil Fulmer? Is this the fifth one? We got Dooley. Oh, obviously lane Kiffin, but he he kind of bounced on Tennessee. He wasn't because he was not a good coach. So you got Dooley, Butch Jones, Jeremy Pruitt. If you bring someone else in, I don't know. It's just you're giving you're kind of pulling a quick trigger to uh to expect another, you know, big time coach to even want to take this gig.
0: You're missing one very, 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 very important aspect of this, Matt.
1: Enlighten me, sir. Uh money. <laughs> true. SEC and, money, and Tennessee money Hugh Freeze, is real. You know, yeah. I mean, if you talk to Hugh Freeze, Hugh Freeze is going to like, Butch Jones has nothing to do with me. So I'm going to come in here. I think the stadium is honestly the biggest thing Tennessee's got going for them. Like, that 100,000-seat stadium, like, that's a, a great great football team belongs in that stadium. You know, at some point, Tennessee's got to get back to uh, to just being a consistent contender in the East. Hmm.
0: All right, well, that's all I've got, Matt Green. Do you have anything else you would like to
1: uh, mention before we wrap up here? Uh, that's all I got, sir. All right, well. Oh, I guess w- mm-hmm. we didn't even touch on Florida LSU. That's we don't have to. Like, Not, not, not worth it. <laughs> no, Florida's winning by 60. What did you think about um your boy Toa uh, Toa hating <laughs> on Kyle Trask? Did I pronounce that wrong? Wait, Henry Toa right? Toa? Toa Toa, yeah, mm-hmm. you're saying that they were uh, just boosting Trask's stats. What do you think about that?
0: I don't know. It's like that whole thing about just like he he's a system quarterback. So it's like, yeah, he's hes doing the wheel routes. He's doing the easy stuff. He's doing what – he's working with Pitts. He's working with Tony. Um, He needs to focus on Jeremy Banks getting burned in coverage. Like that is a bigger concern, his linebacker mate just getting – destroyed on underneath routes all season long like jeremy banks has been the worst player on defense at at tennessee this year like jeremy banks is atrocious and it's not even really his fault because he just can't cover these dudes and he's being asked to cover them Um, but if you go back and watch that florida game he is just getting burnt over and over and over Mm. again it was uh it was quite bad so toa toa settle down trask is legit and also you're great don't uh don't add fuel to the fire because that's what lsu did and the way they beat Florida last year in Florida mentioned coming into this week, that loss last year left a bad taste in her mouth. So that tells me Dan Mullen and friends are going to not take it easy on uh, the Tigers on Saturday would be my guess.
1: Yeah, it was just a strange, strange thing for a player to say. It sounded like something a fan would say, but it's like even it's like we know they're I guess we don't know they're not boosting his stats, but it's like. Tennessee, like, did a good job of shutting down the run against Florida. Like, no, that's why they're passing. It's because they can't run against you guys. Like, it just seemed like a weird thing for a, for a actual player on the team to say. Yeah. But uh, but that's all I got, sir. All right. Uh, don't forget, uh, check out Uh
0: New episodes Monday through Friday on this very podcast. Matt will be back on Sunday evening to do our wrap-up show um follow matt at matt underscore w underscore green follow myself at chase double underscore thomas leave us a rating and review on apple if you're an apple podcast listener it helps we promise um for that guy down there in tequila georgia matt green and for myself chase thomas up here in knoxville tennessee until next time
1: friend yes sir